Max Hall and Melbourne Football Club, you're listening to the Coaches Panel. This is Nat Fife from the Fremantle Footy Club. Trent Cochin from the Richmond Footy Club. Scott Benderbury from the Collingwood Football Club. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Patrick Cooch from the Carlton Footy Club. It's Rory Sloan here from the Adelaide Crows. This is Tom Mitchell. You're listening to the Coaches Panel. Hey, it's MJ from the Coaches Panel. I hope you're well. And welcome back to another one of these mini match reviews where we take a look at every single Amy Community Series match, tell you the players that popped, those that did not, and tell you about the compounding impact that will have on your AFL Fantasy Super Coach and Dream Team sides. One of the teams that I'm most intrigued to watch this preseason is the West Coast Eagles, more because it does feel like they're a team that's going to give us a bunch of different cash cows. And the primary reason is they just need to keep blooding these kids and giving them opportunities at the elite level if there's any chance of rebounding back into finals in the next handful of years. So I was quite interested to watch this match and not just wear my Adelaide Crows hat on. But from a West Coast Eagles perspective, this is not good news. Um, Their skills are poor, uh, their still fitness base is off. I know it's preseason, but I feel like if you were thinking they hit ground zero last year, think again. It's probably more going to be this is the year of ultimate pain. I hope I'm wrong for my uh, friends that are West Coast Eagles fans, but every indication of what I can see through these practice games, community series, even a little bit I've heard and seen from match simulation, it's going to be another bumpy ride and painful year from a West Coast Eagles supporter base perspective. But from a fantasy angle, Elliot Yo absolutely needs to be in the conversation now for us. He's playing through that midfield. He is defensive eligible for us in the fantasy formats, and he's getting bulk midfield minutes. 81 in AFL fantasy, 96 in Supercoach and Dream Team, 18 possessions, almost double digits tackles in a game that really counted for not too much. He showed his physicality. He's just building with every single week. He's getting better and better. He's had a flawless and faultless preseason. And our back lines now are at the point where I do feel like you need to go a little bit deeper and so looking at a yo type at a D4 sort of range feels about that sort of right spot for it. He's got the upside of giving you tons. He's got proven pedigree. And really outside of him, Kelly and Gaff, they're really lacking anything that even resembles experience through this midfield unit. So to me, Elliot Yo is somebody I think I could select with confidence and advocate for people to select with confidence now. He's going to be a really good player. You might only be wanting him for five, six, seven weeks. You might not want to run him through to that middle round block of the buyers where the Eagles have their first, but absolutely a player to consider because I think he's probably their best midfielder right now. Tim Kelly, draft relevant as far as I'm concerned, 26 touches, a 104 in AFL fantasy, the only player from the Eagles to get that level of scoring last year and to do it again in this match, a 96 in Supercoach, 98 rather, my mistake. He's going to be fine for them. Um, he, he's going to give you that sort of 95 to 100 sort of average, maybe even as high as 105 in super coach if they can jag a couple of extra wins. But to me, draft, fine. Yep, he's going to be solid for you. But in classic, there's not enough financial upside that I see at his price point, whereas I like others at either a lower range to be able to match or supersede that, or those that if you want to pay that little bit, $50,000 extra or so, that I can see putting 10 points per game on top of him. So he's a little bit of no man's land in classic, but in draft, I think he could present some value and 
definitely they want to get the ball in his hands. He, he's one of their few dynamic midfield options. And Yo, as I mentioned, is probably the other one worthwhile. Brody Hoff uh, got some distribution of the halfback. It does feel like teams are going to pile on monster scores against the Eagles, which means their defenders are going to have the best opportunity to score well. And so Hoff definitely sits in that mix. Classic, I'd probably rather trade into him than start him, but I can understand why someone's trying to get a bite of the cherry of one of these West Coast Eagles defenders, whether it be him, a Witherden, a Hunt, um, because someone's got to get the ball off this back line. And so he's probably that one. And then lastly, uh, of West Coast Eagles, like we could talk about guys like, you know, Chesser and Barras and Rawlinson and Cripps. You're not touching them. So let's not waste your energy um, listening or watching that. But you've got to talk about Harley Reid. 20 possessions, handful of tackles and marks. He looked better. 73 in AFL Fantasy, 88 in Supercoach. I've got to be honest, there was, maybe this is the mean part of me. I was kind of hoping he, he would only go 50 or 60 again and, and that people would fade him. Because it's absolutely a mistake, as far as I'm concerned, to, to lower your stocks and fade interest in Harley Reid as a cash cow this year. We know he's not a high possession winner. He's never been that. He's an impact per possession type player. But the reality is in the part of the ground where the ball's going to be spending the highest volume of time for the West Coast Eagles, which is through the defensive line and also through the midfield. So to me, he's around where the ball is going to be. He's one of, if not their best ball user by foot. Physically, he takes the game on. There's a couple of great moments where he showed that physical presence and, and matched, if not outdid a couple of crows at the contest. Um so to me, I think you've just got to select Harley Reid. He's got job security for days. He's got um, the potential for a couple of 90 ceiling games. I, I don't think he's outside of the realms of probability. And you're probably just getting a bit too cute if you're choosing not to select Harley Reid. So for me, as a cash cow, one of the first picked, I think, for a lot of people when it came to their teams and their formats opening up. And I think that still holds true. Harley Reid, lock him away in your side if he's named for round one. Let's talk about the Adelaide Crows because we learnt a lot in this game. If you were wanting a forward with a little bit of upside that's going to need to have some goals to be able to get there and you want to go unique, Isaac Rankin is presenting as an option. He's spending a bunch of minutes through this midfield. It's why we're seeing some elements of his scoring, some marks and some possessions up with a little bit more consistency this preseason. Four goals one. He will not play West Coast every week, but he also only had 59% time on ground, but he went a 138 in Supercoach or 109 in Dream Team and Fantasy. Personally, I wouldn't be advocating or encouraging anyone to pursue that pathway, but I can understand the appeal of he's in the midfield a bit more now, getting 30 odd percent sort of, you know, opportunities through this midfield, impacting the scoreboard. His baseline was already relatively solid, especially in Supercoach last year, now getting some contested, some clearances, some score involvement chain opportunities. I see your narrative. It's just personally, I don't want to pay up for any forward this year politely. And so he's got to fade. We have to talk about Sam Berry, though, don't we? And it's not just about Sam. It's about the compounding impact that this has on him. He was really, really impressive for the Crows early on his career. Last year, had some off-season injury 
concerns and then never really got going and cracked his way into the side. But he's had apparently a preseason to absolutely dominate. And that outside ball part of his game, that running capacity is started to improve. And that defensive minded work that has always been strong and known for Sam Berry is now starting to round him out as a midfielder. 22 touches, seven tackles, two goals. One, again, it's not normally ever shown his scoreboard impact. He is playing the West Coast, but important that we've seen it and tons across your fantasy formats. The reason Sam Berry is really important is I don't see how after this match and what he did last week prior against Port Adelaide in their other practice game, I thought he's been really consistent in both of these performances. So it looks like he's going to get an opportunity in round one. Now, he might not get the level of centre bounce attendance and presence, but the fact is I can't see the Crows after the preseason he's apparently had and now the performances he's given. This is a huge opportunity to grab him late in drafts. I think there is a little bit of value, although I don't encourage anyone to do it in classic. I'd rather trade into it than start with it. But the compounding impact is specifically around the midfield opportunity of Dawson, of Crouch, of Laird. Um, We heard Matthew Nix in the post-match press conference talk about how you get towards July and August and guys like Laird were just being completely beaten up because they were such a skinny midfield rotation, the Crows, that they didn't really have multiple guys that could roll through there. And buried now, along with a Rankin, a Rochelle, even a Saligo, are providing options where they don't have to have this high and tight list of centre bounce midfielders. And so for me, I think if Barry gets named round one, it does put some significant warning signs alongside a lead and alongside a crouch selection. Yeah, I think it's on both of those two. While they both won a fair share of ball, they were impacted a little bit through what Barry was able to do because he is impacting clearances, tackles. He's getting contested footy and he's linking up on the scoreboard. Yes, it's West Coast. And yes, he's been given an increased opportunity in a preseason game and against a weaker team totally agree with that analysis and don't think that's unfair but if Barry is named round one gosh it's going to take a lot of courage to start a crouch and a lead you might need to be looking at your parachute options through there because I think Barry into this midfield is much like crouch he can't play anywhere else um dawson we know can and we'll talk about led in a moment about what he did actually do in this match but that's two guys that can't really play anywhere else and impact the game and so for me you start throwing a sloan who'll come back in you know in the latter part of the year keys who's in that forward line who's offering pressure and might even pop into the midfield for the odd defensive mind game unless a berry sticks so to me, Berry's a huge spanner in the works for Crouch and Laird owners. It's not just reactionary. It's the fact that this has been building now over the preseason. And a little bit of a flag of caution does need to be waved because that's something I'm a little intrigued about. Uh, Lockie Scholl on drafts. I don't mind him as a late flyer. Again, not going to be playing an outside style game as easy as preseason, let it go against the West Coast Eagles. Um, but if you really want to go Lockie Scholl on draft day as a late pick, knowing that he can pop up and get some link up, play some transition points and impact the scoreboard, I won't talk anybody out of that. 
Jordan Dawson uh, only played um, 66% time on ground in this match, went 88 in AFL Fantasy and 90 in Supercoach, and had 29 possessions. I think of all the Crows midfielders, he is the most robust in terms of if Berry is coming into this midfield, he's so good at his intercept marking. He's so good at contested mark, his ability to get the ball through link-up chains and, and transition scoring, let alone what he does in the contested work. It does feel like if you want a Crow premium mid, if that is something that is absolute essential in your mind, then Dawson in mine is now elevating to probably be the one that has the lowest um, risk profile attached to it. I think Laird's still going to be a perfectly fine pick for us, but Berry is a spanner in the works, but I don't think that that spanner will impact Jordan Dawson in 2024. So if you're bullish on him, I think you can proceed with relative confidence. Let's talk about Rory Laird. 26 possessions, 72% time on ground, a 72 in AFL fantasy and dream team scoring, and uh, what was it, an 89 in super coach. I think we've talked about the Berry impact, but what meant it happened for Laird? Well, he actually did what Nathan Van Berlo said during the week. He started off and played off the half forward and then pushed up into the contest around the ground. I don't think that's going to be the worst thing for him because wherever Laird plays, I feel like he's going to score well. He always did that in the back pocket. He did that at halfback. He's done that through the midfield. He's found a way to be a premium option for us wherever he goes. But based on what he's priced at, and I think what the expectation needs to be if you're starting him, you actually want him as an out-and-out pure midfielder. So Barry really is the key that unlocks Rory Laird. We did see him, um, you know, again, if ever there was a game the Crows were going to go, oh, I wonder what Rory Laird's like as a high half forward. It's against West Coast in the preseason, isn't it? So let's not overreact to things, but let's also show a level of caution because of what Berry has done and did in this matchup. So Laird owners, I can understand your hesitancy. I think Berry is the guy that you're going to watch round one and that will determine the avenues and pathways you go through there. Matt Crouch, 59% time on ground, 114 in Supercoach. Didn't miss a target in this matchup, which is so unlike him from a historical perspective. Um, and a 68 in Dream Team and Fantasy. Played pretty much a half and a touch of football. And I thought he was really, really good. But again, I'm, I'm, I am a little cagey about what Berry's impact does. And also the fact is Matt Crouch is never going to get that level of pressure-free contested football ever again in his life. And that, again, that's a combination of West Coast, who I do not think are going to be that competitive this year, and preseason games where teams are just getting miles into the legs anyway. So Matt Crouch owners, I think Supercoach owners, are still going to be able to hold down their bullish level around him. And I think he's still perfectly fine pick in Dream Team and in AFL Fantasy, but I am waving that Sanberry flag over him again. I think there's an, a level of impact that's going to come because what do Laird and Crouch both do? They're in and under style players. Laird offers a little bit more spread on the outside, but personally it is, is a first touch player and a tackle first player as well. What Barry does. So I don't think you'd have three of those types in, in the same midfield mix without it impacting one or the other. So I, I think for me, I'm I'm a little cagey on Crouch and a little cagey on Laird. Not enough reason that if you are bullish on them, you should fade interest entirely, but it's just a new dynamic you maybe hadn't seen that maybe you're probably fading off a little bit. Um, Josh Rochelle, maybe for draft now, I think 
coaches, even though we mentioned him in the 50 most relevant um, as a potential prospect could go 85 plus this year and be important for us. I think it looks like to date, Rankin is the one they want a little bit more speed and class through the midfield. And they're still building Rochelle a little bit more. I think we'll still see some midfield time for him through quarters and halves and matches, but he's probably not the guy you're looking for. He kicked three goals, three and still didn't even crack an 80. So to me, that's probably what Rochelle is, which is a fine forward as a punt F1 or a F2, probably more ideally. Um, but yeah, the Crows are interesting. Eagles are more interesting. But who were the players that stood out for you in this matchup? There was a few important guys missing for both teams. Um, who were the important players that caught your eye? If you're watching this on YouTube, thank you for tuning in. Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you haven't already, but comment below and let me know who are the players from this matchup that's caught your eye and what is the impact that Sam Berry has had or having on your opinions about the Adelaide Crows midfielders? If you're tuning in on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts, make sure you've followed us and also left a five-star rating. We greatly appreciate it. When you go out of your way and do those little things, it actually makes a significantly big difference for us here at the Coaches Panel. And you can get in touch with us across social media and join our Patreon supporter group where additional bonus content is landing, not just during the preseason, but through the season and proper if you'd like to get access to that or get in touch with us across social media. All the details are in the description of this episode. Hey, thanks for tuning in and we can't wait back again really soon talking about another Amy Community Series match review. <laughs>